Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. I'm John Burke, and with me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. And we are here to bring another episode of Top 5 Movies. This week we're going to be looking at iconic pairings. Um, This is inspired by the release of uh, Men in Black International, where Chris Hemsworth and uh, Tessa Thompson are pairing up for the second film. Technically it's the third film, but second franchise they've uh they first appeared together in thor ragnarok um she plays valkyrie he plays thor and then she is in endgame as well uh technically maybe a spoiler um but here they're they're in a new franchise they're trying to bring life back to men in black international um i'm excited to see it because i really like them together i like both of the actors and uh their comedic work in Ragnarok I thought was really great so I'm looking forward to seeing how they uh, work with Men in Black um, I was a big fan of the first Men in Black film and I liked the third one I don't like the nope. second one much but it's, it's like Iron Man nobody really cares for the second one not yeah. too many people I mean Rosaria Dawson's in the second one and I like that but yeah but they I mean they, they unceremoniously left out and I've said it before, they left that Linda Fiorentino, mm-hmm. who was set up to be, yeah, you know, that's what happened. And so why, why, why get rid of her? Yeah, I don't know if there was ever an explanation. It could be that maybe she didn't want to do it, but, um, mm-hmm. but are you, uh, Mike, at all excited for International? I, I am more than the other pairing, which isn't a duo, but I know we talked about X-Men. That... <sighs> doesn't i guess count as an iconic duo and maybe we shouldn't talk any more about it a lot more than that i'm excited for that but let's see my uh my own daughter's seen more stuff than i have she went to godzilla she went to um what's the other one rocket man ah i like rocket, rocket man. man i did not enjoy godzilla unfortunately i really wanted godzilla to be great and I suffered through Dark Phoenix last night, and mm. not not good. Um, Corey, what about you? Are you going to see Men in Black? I don't know. I feel like there are too many things that I really want to see right now, or that are coming out soon. That if my friend wants to go see it, I'll go see it. But I'm it's definitely not at the top of my list. Although I really like her. Yeah, Tessa Thompson's fantastic, um, and I, mm-hmm. this one looks fun. Um, I, I mean. Uh, Camille Nanjani is voicing the the little alien, um, and I'm a big fan of him as well. So he's got a few movies coming out this summer. Um, he's in Stuber. Stuber. Which I gotta say looks funny to me. Um, like it's stupid funny, but I think I, it's my type of dumb comedy that I can turn my brain off and just enjoy. But um, I'm not sure. Uh, it did have like a rough cut screener at South by, and I've not heard good things from that. But um. But, you know, um, our point for this episode is we're looking at uh, film history in general, and we're looking for any pairings, uh, whether it's male-female, male-male, female-female, and it can be romantic or friend or whatever. Um, And that should be noted here, like Valkyrie and Thor are not a romantic interest uh, in uh, Ragnarok, nor does it appear 
that that'll be the case with Men in Black, although never know, but it doesn't seem like that's what they're going for. Um, but throughout Hollywood uh, history and film history in general, there's a, a tendency to see actors work with the same actors again and again, and not within a franchise. At least I, I didn't, all of my list, they, they are in multiple films that are not connected, um, at least directly, like through a, a story. They're not sequels, they're not a part of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because we could have just made our whole list marvel characters if we wanted to um and you could have technically but um oh i thought it said no i mean like i said i said no but who am i i'm just some guy with a, a recording device you know you guys can do whatever you want to do you're grown-ups I, I i'm gonna remember this for the next time i did to make two big changes uh, it was my number four, one, and five within the last five minutes because I reread the what I took as stipulations and and they are they are stipulations. But again, like you know, I'm not. It's not like this is life or death or anything. So I guess what I'm saying. No, I'm pretty sure that you said we were going to go to the it's guillotine. <laughs> well, the things I say, um, you know, the gu- the guillotine that I had uh, is a little rusty. Um, so I feel I don't like know. it sounded pretty serious. I mean, oh, that means it'll hurt more. Exactly. That's what I was going for. But, um, anyways, uh, listeners, aside Sorry. from me making them make lists that are cruel and unusual punishment, uh, <sighs> we, we've looked back through our our film love, and we tried to find uh, pairings that we really enjoy and like, um, and we put them in a secret list from five to one, and we're gonna reveal those now. Um, at the end of the episode, we'll give out our social media. We love to hear what you thought. What what pairings did we leave off or not mention that you think is worthy of our time? And there are some big ones in um, film history, especially in early days of the studio films when the studio system really ran everything because actors were paired together and made to do multiple, multiple films. I don't know if anyone went back that far. Um, no. It's a little less likely now, but there are some uh, recurring p- pairings that we keep seeing um, and you can only assume that the actors like working together or whatever. Uh, and it was, I had a lot of names and I'm not sure, I'm very confident with my number one. Um, I'm not sure if the other ones would move around a bit, uh, but I'm ready to get going. You guys ready to give the list? Yeah. Yes. So before we do that, we like to have freedom to discuss whatever elements of these films, in this case of these pairings, uh, that we want. So Corey? Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about these movies. Might be in great detail. You can go to berkreviews.com and check out each of our top five lists. Otherwise, you've been warned. Yeah, again, this one's going to cover a lot more movies than normal because usually we're only covering five movies each, but here we're covering pairings that work together on multiple films. So we're going to be hitting many, many films. Uh, so just know that going in. We may not spoil anything, but we are also going to say what we want to say, and it might be a spoiler. That said, um, the other thing is the obscurity of our friend Mikey here. (laughs) Now, usually Mike's movies are a little more obscure, and so we haven't seen as many. Although lately the lists have been... I've been cramping Mike down where he can't use his obscure list as frequently. Yeah, see, you're using your power. Your power has gone to you. Hey, if you guys would come up with topics, I wouldn't be the one doing it. I struggle. I've given you, like, two, I think, in the last five years. And again, Mike, you have to make a topic that we could actually do so <laughs> it was, oh well um but nonetheless See? uh here the deal is um we like to wager how many of mike's movies or lists uh we've seen 
I don't know exactly how to word this one because it is pairings, but I'm going to say um, how many of the pairings we've seen at least one of the movies that they appear together. Does that make I sense? I feel like that's fair and clear. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I will let Corey, you decide how many of Mike's uh, on his list do you feel like you will have seen at least one of the pairings? I'm lowballing two. Okay. Sorry. You said two? Two. Dose. Okay, I am going to go three, which is what I was going to say before, so it'll work. I I'm, I don't know why. I feel hmm. like it's a big risk, but I'm going to go three. I'm curious to see how Mike went. Uh, and Sorry, Mike, I'm talking like you're not standing here. Or, well, standing here. Good Lord. Um, I'm curious to see how you did your list this time, because I don't know if the obscure movies you watch have a lot of like re- reoccurring cast members, but I could imagine that they might. Um, you know, So I'm, I'm interested to see. Uh, but I'm going to get started with... Um, a pairing that might surprise people, especially if you've listened to me um, or have read some of my reviews about this particular actress. But oh. I feel like when she is paired with this actor, the movies are enjoyable, um, mostly. Uh, and it might even be the director because all three of their uh, reoccurring appearances are from the same director. I'm talking Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. Um, and I got to be a straight up at the beginning here. I'm a big Bradley Cooper fan. I tend to like him in everything I've seen him in. And so I'm pretty sure he's the one winning me over here. But uh, I have been vocally against... I think J-Law is a little overrated. But in the David O. Russell films that she has appeared with Bradley Cooper, I tend to like her. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Um, American Hustle, which was of, of the three movies I'm about to list, is actually my least favorite. And then Joy, um, which I liked a whole lot and kind of didn't expect to like because I'm not a big Jennifer Lawrence fan. But I think she does uh, really, really well in the... Uh, that movie and in Silver Linings Playbook, um, I think their chemistry is really strong. And, I mean, to be fair, Cooper is just really charming, and I think he works pretty well with every everyone I've seen him work with. Like, if you saw... Um, uh, my brain is not clicking this evening. The musical from last year with Lady Gaga, Why A Star is Born, um, there's a lot of charm there. Uh, especially if you saw their Oscar performance. Uh, a lot of people were speculating about them having a relationship because of their uh, intimacy on stage. But um, They are. They are. Uh, well, Cooper, he, he broke up with his girlfriend. I did see that. That actually, I think that news broke today or yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, Cooper has just a lot of charm on screen, and I think he brings the best out of the actors that he's working with. Um, and I, I really like him with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, it's one of the, like I don't like a lot of her movies. I just saw I mentioned Dark Phoenix. She is, to be fair, none of the actors in that movie seem like they want to be in the movie. Uh, <laughs> but she particularly didn't seem like she, like she's been into the X Men for like the last couple of movies. Um, and I don't necessarily fault her, but it's like yeah, but you're still being paid a lot of money to be here, so maybe maybe care, maybe care a little bit, make it feel like you care. Um, and I, I don't I don't think she's very good as Katniss in especially the last three Hunger Games movies. Oh God, I got through thirty minutes of one, and I was Wait, just like, That's so the bad. The last three, so you only liked her in the first one. Yeah, I only liked her in the first one. Yeah. Uh, she also okay. she she proved she's not capable of crying. I think in the second one. Or the <laughs> That's like one. your number I, one criteria. Listen, <laughs> she might be part Klingon, and she may not even have tear ducts. You know, I don't know, but... I um, could buy that. And then there's the atrocity of Passengers, but the three movies she's done with Cooper um, have been really great, right. and again, I do have to give a little bit of 
you know, attribution to David O. Russell, who I am not a big fan of his movies. I like several. Uh, I don't necessarily like his methods. I don't know if you've seen any of his uh, the YouTube videos of him directing. He's kind of a jerk. Um, but he seems to get great performances out of both J Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper. And together, uh, I like them. So that's my number five iconic pairing. Um, any comments? Uh, I was Passengers more atrocious than Red Sparrow? Yes. Yeah, Passengers is just a... a Man, and that's not necessarily her performance in either one of those, um, just the movies themselves. I did not care for Red Sparrow either. Yeah, that one, that, uh, Passengers, I was interested in, then I wasn't. Um, I, I have a good memories of Silver Linings Playbook, but I can't. I mean. Bobby De Niro, who's in, um, I think, I don't think he's in American Hustle, but he's also in Joy. Uh, oh, but see, I didn't watch American Hustle, and I wanted to, but then I didn't. That one so, was really I don't know. I, I, I it didn't when I watched it I found it kind of boring but um I don't know, I, I've I've not rewatched it and I've been meaning to because sometimes it's just the mood you're in you know when you watch a movie it's just not clicking yeah at the time. yeah but nah I just yeah. I don't know I mean I don't there are times I, I what did I like her I liked her in the Lori Petty film uh oh the I want to say it's the Splinter House she's I didn't really hurt. Her Chloe Grace Moretz. It's been on and off of Netflix, and then it jumped her over. Yeah, uh, she was also good in the the other one because I felt that was a nice companion piece to um, Winter's Bone. That's the one. That's Winter's the Bone one. is great. Because... That's her debut, though, and um, I think that's before she starts getting kind of typecast and stuff. And where did it all go wrong? Yeah, Winter's. I mean, it's not all wrong. She's done some other good stuff. She just, I think, I think she's very unable to uh to hide her disinterest in a role like if she's like i think that's what happens with katniss and i think that's what happened with uh raven slash mystique um i think she just kind of proves to but be that's that's her job is to hide stuff you're right but i mean there's Acting. plenty of actors who don't bruce willis being a great example of modern bruce willis films you can't deny he doesn't want to be there based on his performances you know so it's it's that and she's got a huge name draw um she's one of the bigger names right now um after her you know oscar early oscar nominations and whatnot so um cory what about you? you've been kind of quiet are you a fan of j-law and coops i have i don't think i've seen any of those movies hmm. i wanted to see joy i didn't realize he was in that but i missed yeah, it and he's I just not in it a lot uh i will say <laughs> but he is major important role but he's not in it as nearly as much as like silver linings is their real like connected movie i don't think they're even connected in american hustle they're just i could be wrong i can't remember who she's married <laughs> to in, in american hustle so, uh, oh my mistake is poker house not splinter house and you made me laugh you remind me of uh carmen from the local tampa Valley. i could be wrong yeah you know. remind you of that bit that's how i do things um all right that's my number five. Uh, we're going to go to Corey and hear your number five. Okay. Um, so I mm, had a hard time with this list, guys. Um, I am actually torn. Oh. I just thought of another one. Ugh, I'm going to just go with who I had listed first. Okay. So everybody knows that I wasn't always a Keanu fan. Uh, but I had to go with him and Lawrence Fishburne. Ah, because mm. Matrix and yeah. now the John Wick films, which I mm. am a big mm. fan of. 
these movies. I'm trying to get someone to go see the third one with me again. Um, oh, again. I was like, you haven't seen it? But you yeah, it, I saw right? it. I thought you did. Yeah. I just, I want to see it again before it leaves the theaters. Um, I thought that it was the funniest one out of the three. But I just, I, I don't know. And I hadn't seen The Matrix in a long time until it rescreened, I think, a couple years ago. Well, the anniversary is this year, uh, the 20th anniversary. Yeah, I can't remember why they rescreened it, but I think it was the same. Hmm, I can't remember, but they rescreened it, and I think yeah. it was a Fathom Events. But, um, yeah, that's who. That's who I chose for number five. And I... go ahead. I was just gonna say I, I like this pick a lot because I am a big fan of both of these guys. Um, I'm, I actually, I would say I am a bigger Keanu fan now. Um, than I was even during like I, the matrix was one of my favorite movies forever. And it's, it, I dropped it off cause for a little bit, I was thinking maybe it was my teenage self thinking it was so cool. Um, and now I think it's climbing its way back up to my top, at least my top 15, top 20. I, I was just way too cool for like, you know, so many movies in high school and I didn't really give it a chance, but it was one of Bill's favorite movies. And that's why we went to see it when it did rescreen because mm-hmm. um, you guys know my husband doesn't really watch movies but um yeah yeah i i love it and so this pairing works um i you know and it was a cool like that was how they hyped up the second john wick was that it was the retur- the repairing of fishburn and, and reeves um so definitely it's iconic uh now and um you know chapter three fishburn re- reprises his role uh so i won't say how or what happens in the movie but um, it is cool seeing those two back together uh, on the big screen. So it's a it's a good pick. I I, I, I just wish they hadn't made multiples of the Matrix. And yeah, so mm-hmm. I, um, I'm always stuck on that. A podcast that I I've been talking about probably too much in general, but I'm very obsessively listening to it. Uh, the Blank Check podcast. Um, the David Sims, uh, not only in their Wachowski series, does he defend the two, uh, sequels in a, an argument that I think is very well founded. Like, um, it, it's the best argument I've heard for them be, to like exist. And then, uh, he was also on an episode of slash Filmcast where they reviewed, um, the, the rescreening of the matrix on the, the release date anniversary earlier this year. And he defends them again there, um, and I think, you know, if you're a, a doubter in the, the sequels, which I still am, but he definitely made me like, maybe I need to rewatch him. It's been a long time since I've rewatched the sequels. I've rewatched the, the original Matrix so many times, like even since, uh, I you know, in the last, like last year I showed my daughter for the first time. And, oh. um, but uh, the sequels I've not watched in a, in a long, long while, but I might revisit them in the upcoming months. Who knows? Um. But yeah, I think solid pick. Uh, I will say, when you said Keanu, I thought you were going to say Winona Ryder. Um, I haven't seen, and I know they're in a new movie together, well, new-ish, Destination Wedding. Yeah, and it's real short, and I've heard it's pretty good. Um, It's a very talky movie. It's just mainly them, though. Um, But yeah, and then obviously they're in a movie I despise, but you like a whole lot, Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, which I think is Keanu's worst performance, hands down. But <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. But um, okay, that's uh, Corey's number five is Keanu and Lawrence Fishburne. Um, again, we said no no restrictions on 
uh, genders or anything like that, or what the roles of the relationships are in the movies, just that they've been paired together multiple times. Um, and multiple meaning at least two. Mike, what do you got for number okay, five? Okay, good, because I literally just changed my number five. Even All though I liked my original... What's that? All of mine only have two. Oh, okay. so, well, uh, there were some picks, and even I bumped them to honorable mentions because some of them were not in multiples. And I'm glad I looked at my list again because even though my original pick was, they were. Uh, I'm demoting them down. If even now, I don't think I might even put them in honorable mentions. But uh, and I'm looking at them. I got, I've got a fairly even split. Uh, uh, the way they are paired off except for one which you'll see coming up in a little bit where it's not it's a person and something else um so i went with martin riggs and roger martal from the lethal weapon series and yeah well we've brought up mel gibson in the past we haven't had danny glover too much and I honestly remember going to the theater to see all these, and mm. not that the buddy cop uh, thing is a is a new thing, but I mean it's they brought it back and they or were one because I think uh, I want to say Lethal Weapon uh, primed up other yeah. films. Uh, Shane, Shane and, Black and, and Lethal Weapon one because uh, Black wrote not directed. Um, are attributed, I think, with that genre um, more yeah. often than not. So yeah, because I mean, Bruce Willis comes to mind. I think they wanted to have you know the last Boy Scout maybe be something, and it didn't didn't work. Something about the way Mel Gibson and and it does definitely go to the straight man kind of trope, you know, because Murtaugh is pretty much the the straight guy, and obviously. Uh, Riggs isn't <laughs> he's a little different now I have not touched or spent any moment and at any time at all with the TV series no. uh, I don't I, I just for me these are the guys there yeah there are other pairings of uh, police officers I, I actually tried I, I, we keep focusing back on Bruce Willis I tried to give cop out a watch and couldn't do it I just I, I couldn't get past it but yeah it's a bad movie I, but I like parts of it but Lethal Weapon at least lasted, and it went it over overstayed its welcome. It got a little long in the tooth, I think, after the third one. I think we were done. I barely remember the fourth one. But for the beginning three, for sure, they work for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a big fan for sure. Um, and I don't know, have has Glover shows up in a cameo role, and I think maybe it's Maverick? He shows See, up I haven't watched. That... I haven't watched Mark Maverick yet. Oh man, that's such a. Good I know. Movie. Jodie I know, Foster. I, love, I know. I love Jodie um, Foster. But I think I know for sure he shows up in a Mel Gibson vehicle, and he like I think he even drops. I'm too old for this. Like, <laughs> like it's very much <laughs> a, a throwback. So that that's clever. Um, I can't remember for sure if it's Maverick. I feel like it was, but I, I could be wrong. But um, well, I mean, you brought up Jodie Foster, and I had James Garner written from you know from the TV series, which I think is great that they, yeah. whenever they. They do stuff like that. Well, and he's so. so good in that. Um, yeah, that's. I actually almost watched that today. I was kind of in the mood for it. I ended up watching White Man Can't Jump though, which I, uh, I adore that movie so much. Um, one of my favorite basketball movies. Uh, all right, Corey. Uh, any comments on the uh, Mel Gibson Danny Glover? No, I think that that's a good pick. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I should rewatch the Lethal Weapon movies. I haven't seen them in such a long time. Mm-hmm. I've yeah, seen one it's... and two. 
so and that's many okay times. if you st- if you stick with those uh, i feel like once you just get into three and oh, four no, i'm sorry just... i've seen all four i just i've seen one and two so many times um i love the first two like so much the third one's mm-hmm. okay fourth one is like you said, i saw that mm-hmm. in the theater i think it's the only one i saw in the theater and yeah i i don't think i've ever rewatched four um yeah but it there's really no need to no it yeah loses exactly a lot. Uh, exactly. it, it really falls into the comedy more and not so much the uh, cop drama. It's much grittier. It's much grittier in the first one. And oh, then yeah. it starts taking that turn in the second one. It's so weird to see Joe Pesci in that role. I'm not yes. used to seeing him in that. It, it's see, a, such a different role I, for him. I had the opposite experience because that was where I was introduced to Joe Pesci, that and Home Duh. Alone. So between Home Oof. Alone and Lethal Weapon... When I watch like Goodfellas or Casino, it's a like my mind is always so blown. I'm like, wow, this guy, you know, like, like that's the. I think if you watch Home Alone with Joe Pesci, um, and you knew his other work where he came from, that character has this kind of dark, like, oh, this is this guy could be really messed up. But as a kid watching Home Alone, I had no no. I'm just like, who's this guy? He's so short. Why would he, you know? What's the what's the worry? But uh, yeah, it's funny how that perspective can shift. All right, number four for me, um, I'm going with a pairing that uh, it's hard not to love, and uh, they are in multiple movies together that are technically connected, but they're kind of the connection. Uh, I went Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith. (laughs) Um, Jay and Silent Bob, uh, they did obviously get Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but they show up in Clerks, then they show up in Mallrats in a much bigger role and more important to the plot at points. Um, and then they barely show up in Chasing Amy, yet they're essential to the entire story because the entire film is the comic book that they are uh, inspired. Well, the comic book is inspired by Jay and Silent Bob within the film. It's, you know, the chronic blunt man, blunt man, chronic, excuse me. Um, and then you get Dogma, which is them traveling, trying to find the John Hughes mythical village that doesn't exist. And then they run into the angel and blah, blah, blah. Love Dogma. Um, so they're in uh, at least that's five right there, and of course they show up on Degrassi, um, which is a TV series, but nonetheless important to the the characters pairing. Um, and they've worked together outside of that. Uh, Jason's been in most of the films that Kevin has made. Kevin's not always in them, um, but obviously they just finished reshooting James and Silent Bob reboot, uh, which I hope to God is good. But um, James and Silent Bob uh, just clicked for me. I surely think, uh, and I'll just be honest, I'll give this to you. I put them on honorable mentions because I had other duos. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that they're not great. They are iconic. They are mean a whole lot to me. Uh, but uh, I get, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing because I, I surely feel that he, Kevin Smith now knows that Yoga Hosers is just, Bad. I think, excessive. Just uh, allowing himself to just go way too you know, he didn't have someone to reel him in. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I'm hoping the fact that this was is his post-Widowmaker film maybe kind of scared him straight, if that makes sense. I hope so. Not not that I... I don't hope that he had a heart attack and now he's better, but I do... No, 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 yeah. no, no. I um, mean, I, that, to get him back on track. Because I really... Some people Tusk, ugh, but not nearly as bad as Yoga Hosers. I love Tusk. I mean, I watch it for what it is. It's infinitely yeah. better than Yoga Hosers, yeah. um, and it does have the connection between the two. But Red State was such a different direction for him. Yeah. And I wish he'd got because that I think I feel that really where it's scary. It's relevant. Yeah. Red State. I feel it still st- it still stands up. I wish he had done the apocalypse ending. 
um, you know, where it's actually really the the end of the world that yeah. he's talked about. Uh, spoilers if you haven't seen it already. Um, I mean, technically not a spoiler because it's not the ending. <laughs> that is true. Um, it it would have worked. It would have been really interesting. But maybe it's best he didn't do it that way and ended it the way he did. It just that was so different from what we'd seen from him. Um, and well, of course, it's not view skew universe, which is weird because he, you know, he closed the book on it. What was it, at the end of Dogma? And yeah. here we are back again. Well, just yeah, like he, re- he reopened it for Jane and the Bob Strikes Back, which came after Dogma. Um, True. But yeah, he did close it after that and then reopened it with Clerks 2, closed it after that, and now is reopening it with Jane and Bob Strikes Back. If there are any little Nazi brought in this, in this oh, next geez. one. I hope not. But, um, all right. That's, uh, Corey, I know you like some of Kevin's stuff. Are you a fan of Jane and the Bob as characters? Um, I don't really, you know, remember them much. <laughs> like, I know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not really a Kevin Smith fan, guys. Apparently and I just... she's been hanging out with them and has some memory loss. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I always just remember when I went to Rent Tusk, this girl's like, oh, are you a Kevin Smith fan? And I was like not really she's like well you're definitely not gonna like this one and i wanted to go back and be like bz i loved it but i don't know you you should have said i really loved him on king of queens oh that's a that's a podcast he gets he gets called kevin james quite a lot if you listen to uh any of his podcasts it's a joke he makes frequently but um yeah okay well that's uh my number uh two no number four sorry second one we've discussed number four (laughs) Corey, let's go to you. What is your number four uh, iconic pairing? Okay, so I just changed mine. I moved mine down to honorable mentions because while I like the pairing, I don't really know if it's iconic. Um, well, so, I mean, we're saying for ourselves. so. Okay, then fine. I'm going with my original whatever. Um, okay, so I chose Ethan Embry, duh. And Peter, is it Faccinelli? I have no idea. Well, anyway, Facinelli, yes. Okay, well, they are in Can't Hardly Wait Together, and they're like enemies, and then they are together again in Dancer, Texas, Population 81, and they're BFFs, Okay. and I'm pretty sure that he still plays a football player, uh, Peter Facinelli, so I just remember the first time that I watched... um, Dancer Texas. I just bought it because of Ethan Embry, duh. And I like turn it on. I'm like, oh my god, that guy. And yeah. So. Well, okay. Um, I know you're a big Ethan Embry fan. I like him as well. Um, he does make some weird choices from time to time, but I he mean, also, he does some great stuff, and he's in Blind Spotting, which I love. Not so much him. And, but... Oh. Yeah, he plays a very. Um, I thought he did a really good job in that. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, um, but I like sometimes I respect that he just does whatever he wants. But then sometimes I'm like, I sat through this hour and a half movie because of you and I can't get that time back. Like, yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen late phases. No, no. no. And then Devils. Oh, what is it? There's another movie he had like just a year or two ago. I want to say it's, uh, it's about a guitar or something. And it was just so bad. Oh. Um, but then there's movies like Cheap Thrills where it's like really indie, but man, it's crazy good and twisted and dark. But um, 
<gasps> I didn't know he's in Sneaky Pete, guys. Oh, yeah, he shows up in a lot of TV, too. Like, I mean, that, what, two uh, episodes of Walking Dead? Oh, I thought he was just yeah. in the one, and then... Is it just one? Whoa. It might just be one. I was guessing, but... Uh, oddly enough, I... Um, what is the service? I think it's the IMD... No, it is Vidmark. Devil's Candy. Uh, Sorry. Um, I don't know if you have... If you guys have Roku, Vidmark is something that's new. It's got a lot of 80s stuff, but... What, Two of the series I picked up on, one was Masters of Science Fiction, which I'd never heard of, but the other was Masters of Horror, and the first episode has Ethan Embry in a really despicable role as an abusive husband. Yeah, that's one of the... And it's a tough watch. It's so weird to see him in that, uh, because the the episode takes such a weird turn. Um, So, I really like him, so I probably said... And he was also in, was it, um, no, what's the, no vacancy around the same time? With, um... Oh, is that the one with the hotel that has the yeah. cameras in it? And that? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't remember that one. Uh, only yeah. in passing, so, I mean, it didn't, must not have left a... Oh, it's Incident on and Off a Mountain Road. I think yeah, that's, called... the, that's the episode of Masters vacancy. of Horror, yep. Yeah, I think it's just Yeah, vacancy. vacancy, I think you're right. That's you're right, I think. Daddy, Daddy's correct. All right. Well, that's Corey's number four. Um, let's move into Mike's. Okay. So this is my only one that is a non-traditional pairing, but I feel we had to mention, and this is one I threw in because, uh, again, once we get to honorable mentions, you'll see why I, I kind of rotated some in and out. So I went, and I'm not going to sing because I, I should I should just have the stuff queued up, but that would mean I'd have to get audio and everything. Uh, I went with our old buddy Harrison Ford and and not the pairing you're going to think I went with because most of them will pick him and Peter Mayhew the late Peter Mayhew and that's not where I was going with I went with him and his trusty whip from the Indiana Jones series because what is (laughs) what is he without his whip I mean come on he has to it, it literally well, except for the one scene, he could use the gun in that one. But no, really, it goes throughout the thing. And, and even going back to when River Phoenix played him, the late River Phoenix again. There we go. Uh, as as a young Indiana Jones and giving himself the scar, and it's, it's just it's a part of him. And uh, he would not be Indiana Jones without it. That's true. Can't argue against it. Um, definitely out of the box pick for Mike. Uh, although so far I'm two for two. On Mike's uh, list, so there you go. Um, how, do, how many do you have to get? Three. three. So. All right. So. Although I think Corey might have just got her two. Cause I really? I think because I'm assuming you've seen Indiana yeah. Jones, yeah, and and you've seen Lethal Weapon at least before. Yeah. So it's been a really long time, but see, so far, Mike, you you've you've come nah. down to our level. Man, nah. well, welcome. Yeah. Um, forget it. Welcome forget to it. My, <laughs> mundane <laughs> times. Um, okay, so um, let's go to my number three, I guess, because I don't know what else to say about Indiana Jones and his no, whip. It was a, uh, what a man and his whip! How can you? A man and his whip. His whip. Whip. Um, whip. I went whip. with uh, a, a very like it's kind of a new pick, and it might be some people may not like it because the actor has come under the gun of not being the best. Although I feel like. Uh, he's tried to make amends and his accusations that were levied at him were 
mild by comparison to a lot of the accusations that went flying around uh, during the Me Too reveal. Um, and I went with uh, Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara for uh, two David Lowery films, who I'm a big fan of um, as a director, but uh, Ain't Them Body Saints and um, uh, Ghost Story, which I completely love so, so, so much. And I, f- I feel like they're in another movie that I just can't place um, together, but um, I really like them together. Um, I think they're... Uh, you get a lot more of the love story in Ain't Them Body Saints, um, but like their work together in a ghost story, while short-lived is really strong and I really buy the chemistry between the two characters. And so, um, when I was thinking of this list, I thought they were, you know, I not iconic in like, and this is why I said to you, Corey, like it doesn't have to be like big time. Cause both of those films are very small. Um, they have a very you know, specific audience. They're not going to be mass market appeal. Uh, but for me, they work really well. And it's, uh, really because of these two actors who I think are, super talented um again casey affleck has had uh some not so nice things said about him you know he's a jerk and he's been a little bit too i i don't like there's no rape charges or anything like that but it was like that he was just making his the actresses uncomfortable um well didn't one of them like wake up from a nap or something and he was like cuddling them yeah that was the, the the creepiest of the things that were levied at him um but and that's I mean, no way am I excusing behavior. I'm just saying I, I do enjoy him as an actor. I don't know him as a person, um, nor am I justifying anything that he may have done. But uh, him and Rooney Mara, they've worked together at least twice, so I, I feel like there's some respect there uh, for the two. And I think they have a lot of chemistry on screen, and I like them together. So that's my number three. Yeah, ghost think... story. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think that's a great choice i love them both and if she wasn't dating joaquin phoenix and if casey affleck wasn't under <laughs> you know they should get married um but i love them so much in both of those movies but um i didn't even think about how they aren't even together on the screen a lot or like interacting i guess in a ghost story and really ain't or even saints. ain't the body yeah. saints yeah they're, they're yeah. stories about them being apart um for a large chunk of it but yeah i love both of those movies i'm glad that you finally watched ain't the body saints me too because i i am a uh, david lowry is becoming a director who um when he's attached to something i'm definitely going to uh attempt to see it i still have not watched pete's dragon so i say <laughs> that i haven't missed a major one but... same i haven't either <laughs> um and Ben Foster is in that one. He is uh, in Ain't Them Body Saints. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really uh, enjoy their performances together. So that's why I went with them. Again, I, I thought it. I thought you might have it on your list, but I wasn't 100%, obviously. Um, and there's a couple of others uh, that I could have easily moved. And that's. I feel that way with the, the maybe the top four, that I could move them in and out. And you guys have been moving yours in and out. I've been pretty, like, I picked my five. I'm like, I'm just going to go with this. Um, I feel like, I do like all these. I think they're they're pairings that people should maybe pay a little attention to in some cases. So, iconic, not necessarily being the right word, I guess, um, but iconic to us. You know, when we think of pairings, these are the names that pop into my head. So And wishing that they would or could work together again, I guess. Yeah, like, that's the mm-hmm. hope, right? That they would maybe do another movie. Um, like, if David Lowry's next film, if they, like... Casey Affleck is an old man in the gun. Um, it would have been cool if Rooney Mara was his wife, but it's it's not. Um, but I think Affleck is amazing in Old Man in the Gun. I, 
love her. Um, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. A lot of people don't. Really? Rooney Mara? Get out of here. I thought. I think or it's, I think her, it's sister? her sister, Kate, that we we don't really care for. And I'm not 100% sure it is her sister. They might be cousins, but I think it's her sister. No, they're sisters. Yeah. No, they're sisters. Kate, Kate gets hated on a lot. Rooney is uh, well-respected. She's in um, David Fincher's uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, and she's amazing in that movie. Um, mm, she's yes, Mary West. Magdalene. With, with, yeah, with Joaquin, Joaquin. Um, from last year. I think it was last year, right? Or is it this year? Um, I think that it might be this year. I was still hearing about it. I'm not sure. I th- I think it was in festivals though last year. Oh um, yeah, it's 2018. Yeah. So uh, I didn't see that one yet, but yeah, she plays Mary Magdalene and he plays Jesus. Um, so that should be something. Um, the last time an actor we like played Jesus, Corey and I both hated the movie. So <laughs> wasn't it? Uh, uh, <laughs> Ethan, no. No, not Ethan. Um, you, uh, you and yeah. I'm like, it's an E, it's an E. Yeah. Yeah. It did a very like strange movie. movie. Um, which isn't, huh. yeah. It was also just a boring movie, in my opinion. But, all right, let's go. Yeah. Corey, what's your number three? Okay. So, this is what I was talking about, where I wish they could work together again, but they never will. Um, I went with Chris Farley and David Spade. Oh. I just <laughs> love... Tommy boy so much and I still am just really sad about Chris Farley and I don't talk about my age very much but I can't believe that I'm older than he was when he died mm. I just realized that today I didn't like I knew he was young but I thought maybe he was in his later 30s I don't know but um I love Tommy boy so 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 much like I can't even remember how many times I watched that movie yeah. and of course they were together in Black Sheep which and... I also like a whole lot yeah, um, I, I wanted. I, I did. I liked it, but Tommy Boy is like, yeah, the made best. their pinnacle. Yeah, way. Um, and then they were gonna work on a third film. I was reading, but before he passed away, but his drug use got in the way, kind of. Well, and I, I would argue if he was alive, that Grown Ups probably... does not have Kevin James in it. It has Chris Farley. Kevin, oh, I have said this, and I'm gonna say it. Mm-hmm. Kevin James has a job in Hollywood because Chris Farley died. Period. Because he is a poor man's Chris Farley. He does the same physical comedy, just not as well. Um, he's not as likable as Chris. Chris Farley's undeniably lovable, like in every role. Even when he's playing like creepy roles, he's just like there's something about him. Like when he's the bodyguard in Wayne's World, um, he's just great. Oh yeah. I I I, I never would have made that connection, and honestly, oh. just because I don't, you can't really compare the two. Other, you know, they're both big guys. And Except, but like when you have... look at the Sandler crew. Farley That's was in he... all of his early movies. Farley dies. All of a sudden, Kevin James starts doing all the Sandler films. He's the the big guy. You know, he fills in. Hmm. Poor Horatio's hands. He missed an opportunity there. He missed there. an opportunity. Um, <laughs> but uh, to be truthful, damn drugs. Because uh, I really and what was it? I, I I can't remember the podcast I've been listening to. Um, I think it's the dark side of dot 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 over with the ellipsis. Um, and they mentioned in passing Fatty Arbuckle and the scandal way back when. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, supposedly what Farley was working or wanting to work towards as a serious turn because that's uh, that whole true life story is just tragic and we'll never see it yeah. happen. It's, it's just, very unfortunate. 
thought he worked so well with so many different people. Like, I loved the skits that he did with Patrick Swayze as a Chippendale. Oh, that's mm-hmm. one of the best. Like, yeah. It's only one, I, I but just, it's great. Oh, I thought there were two. I, there, no, I could just, be wrong. I thought I it was just the one. The one. Okay. I mean, but, he had his... Uh, wagon. Was it Wagon's East? Yeah, with Matthew Perry. Yeah, that didn't work oh. very well. No. Uh, Beverly Hills Ninja did not work at all. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold, hold on. Luke Kane is in that movie. And, he is. And Chris Rock. And it's it's it's, it's not good. No, it's, it's not oh. good. It's got its moments. I'm not going to sit here and say it's like the worst thing I've ever... I've seen way worse movies than Beverly Hills Ninja. Um, but... Oh, there... Yeah, there are. I just... He's been... He had been funnier, and it's just... I don't know. Yeah. Well, again, that's probably the drugs kicking into uh, into his you know system. He's not clean, but yeah, I mean, him and Spade. We have the two movies, but it you can't deny all the times they work together on Saturday Night Live either. They have a lot yeah. of interactions. Oh yeah, they they um, had chemistry with one another. It's always been stated that your uh, Saturday Night Live is always generational. My Saturday Night Live was Mike Myers, Adam Sandler, Dana Carvey, Chris Farley, David Spade, Chris Rock. Um, that was my. Saturday Night Live. That's where I like came up, and I I stuck around a little bit with Will Ferrell, so that why I still have like a strong attachment to Will Ferrell as well. But those guys were like my guys. Like I loved Wayne's World. I loved uh, everything that came from it. Tommy Boy being one of the best comedies of the early '90s. Um, so I I have them as honorable mention. So I'm glad it's on someone's top five. So uh, definitely worthy of an iconic pairing. Um. All right, let's go to Mike. What's your number three, sir? All right, I went way, way back, and this was a tough. There was a couple of iconic duos for me, and so I, I thought, well, do I include both of them? Do I not? I ended up dropping one. They didn't even make my honorable mentions, um, and went with the 1950s pairing of Abbott and Costello. Cause, oh, good one. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed, it, especially when they were Abbott and Costello meets the, uh, the mummy meets Frankenstein, yeah. all the Universal monsters. Correct. And in my mind, I almost, I think I meshed those all together as in like a super team up of all the monsters with Abbott and Costello. But I, I don't know that I see it on the list. It's just growing up with just, you know, we didn't have cable in my youth. We just had a little black and white over the air. And that was a continuous Kung Fu theater, Tarzan theater, uh, Abbott and Costello because there were enough Abbott and Costellos and after a certain point you know you start to see the same ones again and I just kept watching and watching and uh, if if the Three Stooges had been the Two Stooges then I would have put them on the list um, the other duo that I didn't include to be truthful they weren't, didn't have as much of an effect on me but they definitely I thought should be on the list were um, Laurel and Hardy yeah. and which I is, is it Right or not that they're maybe partial inspiration for R2D2 C3PO? Maybe not. I'm not sure, but I mean, I could I could see that. I've, I think I've so, heard things like that, but yeah. But yeah, Abbott and Costello, whether they're meeting the monsters or not, because they had other films without them, uh, I definitely lean towards the Universal Monster ones. That's that's my duo. Got it. And I still have two other ones that I feel are solid. That Trump them and Harrison Ford and his whip. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I uh I should have gone big. 
I like Abbott and Costello, obviously, like, they're iconic figures. I have not seen any of the Universal Monster movies with them, though. Um, <gasps> yeah. I, I need to. Uh, they were just never around. Um, in fact, I've only seen three of the Universal Monster movies. I've seen Dracula, uh, the original Dracula, and the um, <laughs> and um, I've the seen... Wolfman? Uh, no, actually, I don't think I've seen The, the Wolfman. No, uh, Black Lagoon. Um which oh, I, I watched yeah, yeah. recently, uh, partly because of the Del Toro connection to Shape of Water as well. Um, yeah. kind of motivated me to, uh, to seek that out. I do have access to the other Universal Monster movies. I don't have access, easily at least, to the Abbott and Costello versus or whatever uh, face or whatever the wording is there. But um, and That's really the other heartbreaking thing of it. I really wanted that Universal, that dark Universal thing to work and on you Tom Cruise it just didn't work I mean I, I'm not going to let Cruise take the fall whoever wrote the script though definitely um, that is true but he attached to it and yeah you're not maybe he should have known better you know I just realized uh, so my number two um, which unless Corey is there anything you want to add about uh, Abbott and Costello I have actually seen a few of their films that's all yeah. my dad was a big fan ah. yeah you see, I feel like my grandpa would have been, but I don't remember him ever talking about that. Yeah, no, I, I feel like this little jab at my age is, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, you, it you wasn't a jab. Good, good you weren't going to the theater, like, to watch Abbott and Costello, man. Like, that's, it's not, you're not that old. Um, all right, but let's move to my number two. Um, I'm, I'm kind of reconsidering my number two as I'm doing it with the same actor, but a different actress, because I hadn't made a connection, but I'm going to stick with my original... I'm going Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston. Um, I, uh, if you don't know this about me, I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan. Like, love Paul Rudd so, so much. Um, I, I don't think he can do too much wrong. Uh, not saying he's never done a movie I didn't like, but mo more often than not, he still wins me over. Um, Jennifer Aniston and him did Object of My Affection, like, way back. I saw that um, when I was in middle school, I think, at, at Mugs and Movies here. And really liked that movie a whole lot. Um, if I remember correctly, Paul Rudd's character is gay. Uh, they fall in love, kind of. She, like, falls in love with him, despite knowing that he's gay. And there's this whole, you know, friendship dynamic. I really enjoy I, I'm a big... I, I do like Jennifer Aniston. Um, and then a few years ago, they did Wanderlust, or Wanderlust, together. Uh, which is okay. I don't love the movie. I actually prefer Object of My Affection uh, of the two. But I like them together. And I like to pull in the TV element to this, because... They were on Friends together. Um, Paul Rudd's in like the last three or four seasons of Friends as Phoebe's boyfriend, Mike. That, spoiler, becomes her husband. Uh, so there's a lot of interactions with Aniston there as well. Um, but I realized while I'm looking, because I could have swore there was a third movie with them, um, but there does not appear to be. But he did uh, multiple movies with Elizabeth Banks because um, she's in Role Models. She's in Already a Brother. And then way back, going all the way back to uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Um, so I could have gone Paul Rudd and Elizabeth Banks, but I like Aniston a lot more than I like Banks, so I'm going to go with that. Um, no offense to Banks. I like Banks too, but I do think Aniston's a better act actress. Um, so that's my number two. I wish I could add to that. I've not seen, I know I've not seen The Object of My Affection. Yeah, Kevin Bacon's huh. in that too. Um, 
I'm pretty sure that's the one. Because Aniston had two, like, rom-coms come out, like, within a year of each other. Um, and I saw both of them. I think Picture Perfect was the other one, and I think that has Jay Moore in it. And that one might be with the one with Kevin Bacon. Um, and then Object of My Affection. I'm trying to... There's Picture Perfect. Picture Perfect is 97. What crap is... Oh, and 98 is Object of My Affection. Man, I nailed the time exactly a year. Um... Oh, wow, Hayden Pantieri is in that. She must be, like, a little kid. Oh, Alan <laughs> Janey. Okay, so, yeah, Kevin Bacon's in Picture Perfect, I think. But, yeah. Um, I didn't watch that one either. Now, I will say I didn't watch that one either. I will say I did see her in The Good Girl, and that one was okay. Yeah, I, I like a lot of her movies. Um, obviously, Office Space is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. That's... Um, <laughs> I love it so much. I'm not really a fan of hers, but I love her in that movie. Yeah, I, I do like her. Um, I think she does comedy really well, and I think she's often underappreciated as, as a comedic actress, um, which is funny because Friends is a, a sitcom, but still, like, um, I think she's good at kind of... She's not quite the straight man in all the movies, like, but a lot of times she is a little more, like, you know, frustrated and straight edge than the other character, but, um, yeah... That's my number two, Paul Rudd, Jennifer Aniston. Let's go to Corey. What is your number two pairing? Okay. Excuse me. Guys, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so I went with two ladies I love a lot. And I'm just so glad that they're really friends. Amy Poehler oh. and Tina Fey. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. while I don't really love Baby Mama, you know... Um, I still like seeing them work together. And if you don't love Mean Girls, I just can't know you. I I don't. That's got to be. I think most people who say they don't like Mean Girls never watched it. Um, Because it's just so well executed. Yes. And I was reading her book, Yes, Please. I know we kind of talked about it because Taylor likes Amy Poehler a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I lost my book on the plane. Oh, no. But, um she kind of talks about their friendship in there and it's just i just love it because it you know they just work so well together and it's real anyways well and they've been working together for some time um yeah i think that i read that they worked together at a like improv in chicago like a way long uh, time ago but i think it's uh second city i believe is the chicago improv group okay Um, I think I think Upright Citizens is L.A., but I feel like no Second City's Canada. What am I talking about? I know this because this is a lot of the podcasts I listen to are all centered around these various comedic groups. Um, but yeah, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler uh, have been in a lot of stuff together. But Baby's Mama is, I think, their weakest together pairing. But did you see Sisters um, from 2015? I did not. It's I think substantially better. Um, it's. Uh, there's a really great Ike Barinholtz is in it and he's really really funny um and John Cena uh continues to prove that he's better when he's used for comedy than when he's trying to be an action star um so I definitely recommend checking out it's not like the best movie ever but as a fan of those two actresses um it's a really good movie with the two of them um and they if you can't tell by the title they play sisters Uh, I will check it out (laughs) all right um Mike what about you 
Comments wise or Ryan, my pick. Either way, you can go either way. Do you want to go to your two, or you got something to add to Teamy, Teamy Faye Polar? I'm making up words. Tina. Okay, Faye please and stop. Polar. That's our couple Tina, name. Wait, I don't, I don't know Teeny Faye. I, oh, I, I said Teamy, know. so it's like Amy and Tina together. Teamy, Amy, oh. Tina, Teamy. Yeah, maybe we should move on. Okay, what's your number two? <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to make stop trying to make fetch happen, okay? Yeah. <laughs> My father, the inventor of the toaster strudel. <laughs> so, right. I love her hum, so much. Hum, Sorry, right. go ahead. All right. My my number two pick. I snuck in. Uh, well, I legitimately had two big screen releases. So, and the crazy part of it, the in the serendipity of it all, uh, is it FX? No. I want to say BBC America started. Well, I, it ran the pilot episode. This one I didn't get to finish it, but I ran the original episode of the X Files, and two two zero is Fox Mulder and Dana Scully, the scientific skeptic with the believer. And it's interesting to see because in the first episode, there it, it's kind of weird to see Mulder get as emotional. I'm used to him being a little more stoic, a little bit more understated, but he got really heated and for whatever reason and fight the future wouldn't I wouldn't say it was was my best. I, I do like the uh, the second film um, better and especially the little thing that I've mentioned before that little little wave goodbye to everybody because they figured that was the end and then we thankfully got uh, revival series, and I think we're done. I think that's it. If they come out with something else, that's fine. But I like what they've done with the mini uh, truncated 13, 10, 13 episode series, and, and that because there's, I just don't see another film. I, I, it could be possible. I just don't see them doing that. I'm glad we got the two that we had, and uh, it, they're not. It's. It was weird for me to see them be, get a romantic connection, and it does play into the larger scheme of things with their child and everything. It's just I really like them as those two separate entities, you know, not romantically entwined. Yeah, I need to watch the. Uh, I've actually not seen the movies, um, and I've not seen all of the shows, but I've seen it like the first three or four seasons. The Fight the Future is okay. I like the second one better. Um, it's. It, I don't know. I, I think it works. It, I don't know. I guess you could. It, some people liken it to an extended length episode, and it is. It's an hour. It, but it, Fight the Future almost felt like a like a stunt because then it did tie into the rest of the TV series, and what, it definitely had connection. It's just I don't know. Your mileage might vary. Yeah, you gotcha, might really gotcha. really like it. So well, true. Um, good pick. Um, uh, David Duchovny, Jillian Anderson, Mulder, and Scully. Um, without question, uh, especially a 90s duo. Um, good loophole because they did not start on the big screen, but they do end up there. So um, uh, you, you work the system, and there you go. Yeah. Uh, see, we have to do what see. we can with you know the rules we're provided. Hey, I, I'm, I'm just glad you didn't expect Harrison Ford and his whip. I did not. No, um, I guess I did not say that they need to be sentient. But um, <laughs> although how could... do we know his whip is not sentient? True. Um, all right, my number one. I'm, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to go to number one. Um, 
if you've listened to the, the podcast for a while, there's probably no question uh, who my number one would be here. Um, and it's similar in, in some ways to uh, Jay and Silent Bob, but I would say substantially better uh, better characters. And they're not recurring in terms of uh, the characters they play, but they recur in the relationships. Um, and that is Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in uh, <laughs> the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy for the Edgar Wrights movies, but also Paul, because I think Paul gets often overlooked. Um, it's stupid, but I, I still love it because I love these two guys together. Um, they are also on a TV series together, Spaced, another Edgar Wright um, series. <laughs> and uh, I could have made this a trio, but on screen, it's only Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and that's the beauty of it. Um, there is rumor that maybe they'll work together again and write a new script. Uh, I hope it proves to be true. Um, but I love uh, all of the movies they've done together. I think their friendship is one of my favorite on-screen... Well, obviously, it's my favorite on-screen pairing, so it has to be the best uh, like best friend-buddy relationships um, and how they play out is always a little different. You know, Shaun of the Dead, he, uh, Nick Frost is a bumbling idiot. Simon Pegg's character loves him anyways, um, despite all the screw-ups. Hot Fuzz, they meet for the first time and the friendship blooms. Um, and they kind of are like an odd couple. One's, you know, very serious all the time. The other's uh, very, you know, immature, childish. And they, they need each other to become better people. And then World's End, uh, they're old friends who are reconnecting or at least attempting to and having to finally deal with issues that they had neglected for you know 10 years, 20 years. Um, and I love in each iteration, they're, they're just so great together. Their chemistry is so, so strong. And then in Paul, you have two nerds who just wanted to go to Comic-Con together and see uh, UFO shit. And it's hilarious. <gasps> yeah, I know. I drop a curse word every once in a while. Um, but Just make uh, sure you're paying attention. It's language Simon Pegg Nick Frost <laughs> is without question my number one um, modern day pairing I think they are the best I was expecting this Good. yeah that that's definitely and <laughs> at, at your number one spot and here's my shocked Pikachu face at that and your language oh you can't see it but you can imagine it. I can picture it in my head <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah and I, these are people that uh, you guys are definitely familiar with as well um, you've seen the movies, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. So, and I think that it is. I think that you can see that they really are friends, and I think that that just makes it better. Which is why yeah, I really they, hope they, we get one more movie, at least. They can do it. Do it. All right. Just, let's, do, just, just, just do like the high school kids. Do we'll it. Just you start, start tweeting at them. Yes, uh, every day. That's, until that's, they, they that'll be work. like a big. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to go to my number one. Okay, go for it. <laughs> okay. I, um, no surprise. I think I've talked about these guys before. Don't care. Um, I love Steve Martin. Love him. Ah. And Bernadette Peters. Oh. <laughs> for obviously the jerk one of the best movies ever made <laughs> even if it still shocks me to this day sometimes and pennies from heaven and i love Aww. when one of my favorite on-screen songs is when they duet together in the jerk i think that they did date for a while mm. i don't know but i love them together i still have not watched the jerk but I very much, I know, uh, very much, very much like pennies from heaven. 
um, as weird as that movie is, uh, I enjoyed it very much when we watched it. I think for Musical Month, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, yep. I've been eyeballing the jerk because I believe it's on Prime. Um, uh-huh. I've been looking at it. Uh, it's it's on the list, but my list is massive and keeps growing every day. So who knows? That's what she said. Boom. Um, I have not watched Pennies from Heaven. Aha! It's a weird but musical. Jerk is so way better. If- if you if you caught me or was able to hear me kind of giggling in the background, I just were flashing back to, I got a job, I got a job, and... <laughs> or mom, I figured out my special person. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he okay. hates these oil cans. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, remember that one time when he did that thing? Oh wait, stop. Uh, Okay. Cat, ju- cat juggling. Underground cat juggling ring. Too much. Is that considered slapstick? Uh, I would imagine parts of it. Uh, there's, okay. there's definitely a lot of physical comedy in Martin's whole, I would say his whole, even his stand-up. Um, he was, you know, uh, a little bit of prop comic, um, you know, the arrow through the head, that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I think he Well, be... excuse me. But, all right, let's go to Mike for his final, number one. Who made it to the top? Well, hello, Clarice. All right, I Ooh. went with um, yes. Now here's the thing, though, because I'm I'm a fan of the way Hannibal the novel ended, which we did not get a treatment. If you haven't caught my hints there, but uh, Hannibal Lecter and Clarice Starling, uh, obviously in Silence of the Lambs, worked so well and. I was really disappointed that Jodie Foster did not rejoin. I think part of that was because she did not care for the novel ending, which they ended up not even using. Oh, I thought it in was the all film. the budget. No, I don't think so. I don't think she cared for that ending. Mm. You know the ending, right? You know what happens in that novel. I haven't read that since it first came out. Oh, oh well, she and Hannibal Lecter end up together. They run off together. Oh. And that's, you know, she abandons her life in the SBI and I think she felt that very much that that's not within Clarice but I think the way it worked in the novel it really did that would be the next because they had basically blacklisted her especially Crendler and what they did to her after the the raid uh, or the 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 when they were trying to go after the drug lord and she had the baby in her sling she basically her career was destroyed so it made sense for her to do what she did um but yeah the interaction between them and I, you know what i think julianne moore did a fine fine job she she i have no problem i love her uh but i really would have been great to see jody foster foster return to the role um but just these two characters and even prior to that because uh, a lot of people forget unless they're super fans that will graham uh, as played by Ed Norton, and oh gosh, his name escapes me. He was on the original CSI. Oh, what was? Oh, man. Yeah. They, they had. Oh, really? I haven't seen Manhunter or Red Dragon. I am. I've seen Red Dragon. I am actually I about to watch Manhunter. Manhunter. I just bought it to uh, to watch it. Oh, okay. Manhunter is uh, having. If you've already watched um, Red Dragon stylistically. Mm-hmm. Manhunter is very 80s, and not only that, Michael Mann 80s. Um, Which I just Will watched. Peterson. 
William Peterson is who I'm thinking of. To I'm sorry? drop the podcast again, Blank Check is currently doing Michael Mann movies, and I have seen oh, and almost here you go. zero Michael Mann movies. So I just watched Thief the other night because um, that's the first uh, oh, episode I need of the to watch podcast. That. Oh yeah, man, James Con is great. Um, yeah. And I'm about to, I have to struggle to see The Keep, which is the second film, because it is not uh, easily available on anything. It, that's a tough watch. Uh, I've, I've tried several times. I don't know that I've finished it. Ooh, well, and then then the third movie will be Manhunter, which I just bought to uh, watch. And then um, um, there, I, I really like this podcast, so I, I'm committed to like watching all the, the movies that they are addressing for Michael Mann. Um, so uh, one that it's been on my gap list forever is heat i've never seen heat still to this day oh man um, that's that's him at his pinnacle manhunter i really enjoyed uh i'm glad they redid it as red dragon i think it was fairly well done uh but it was really weird to see someone else play hannibal lecter which they didn't even spell correctly in manhunter i'm not sure why they did that they chose to spell it lector and pronounce it differently l-e-c-k-t-o-r um Who's in Manhunter? Uh, Joan Allen. I didn't realize Joan Allen. I forgot about Joan Allen being in Manhunter. Um, but yeah, Heat. Heat is fantastic. It's totally not a Corey movie, though. Ah, perfect. Thank you. Well, um, that's Mike's list. Uh, I feel well, like it really says something if Mike says he can't finish a movie. Yeah, like I'm a little worried about the second movie on the that list. It's a little, that, that it's he, hard to watch and he can't yeah. finish it. It's yeah. just, it, I, it, I've tried and failed at least twice. Uh, I remember the TV broadcast of it. It just, uh, something about it just didn't work. And you know, I love my horror and that's really ultimately what it is. And I just, I, I, Michael Mann is not a horror. You know what I mean? He's yeah. Miami mm-hmm. Vice. He's, that's, I think that's why Heat works so well. Having grown up on Miami Vice and those stylistic differences, it's like he updated Heat into you know the time period he's at, and it just it I can't believe you haven't seen it. Yeah, it just it never appealed to me when I was a kid, and um, I've had it for I mean, several years now, and uh, I just haven't made it to it. Um, I mean the length the length of it it is uh, very intimidating. That's why that's that's why I say it's not a uh, a Corey film, um, but two hours uh, and fifty minutes. Yep, and it does feel like the two hours and fifteen minutes. Whereas Endgame, for example, did not feel that long. Um, but it's good. It's still nonetheless good. I've yeah. Uh, the, that's the idea of Pacino and De Niro together for the uh, again for the first time because they didn't appear together in The Godfather, and many yeah, people incorrectly awesome. assume they did. Yeah, but they exist um, in two different timelines within the, correct. the movie. So, Yeah, because when they grab the Infinity Stones to set up the criminal underworld. Yes, in the snap. So let's get to honorable yes. mentions because we, we've deviated from the list. Um, I want to point <laughs> out um, – so Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers were in like an iconic duo in the, uh, the old musical era the, in the studio system. Um, and when La La Land came out, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling – we're starting to get these comparisons. Is this happening again? Because there are two big duos right now that have done multiple movies together. Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling have done three, but I've only seen La La Land. Um, but they've also done uh, Crazy Stupid Love. With they're like a s- important part to the story, but they're the secondary mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. I've tried to watch parts of that movie. I just can't. And because you don't like Steve Martin, <laughs> it's, 
I uh, love Steve Martin, Steve Carell. I don't like comedic Steve Carell, and that is ex- with oh. the exception of The Office. I like him in a lot of his dramatic roles. Uh, not all, but many of them. Um, it's, it's your keep. It's your uh... yep. Um, but then they also did a movie that is reviled by critics. I've never even tried to watch, but Gangster Squad. Emma Stone, and Ryan oh, Gosling. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then there's another modern pairing that is getting a similar treatment. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart have done three movies together. Um, Adventureland, which I like okay. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy American Ultra. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then they are in uh, the last, um, I think it was the last Woody Allen movie, the last one I saw at least, Cafe Society, with also Steve Carell. Um, so there's that connection too. But... Um, I have both of those as honorable mentions. Uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, though, I've only seen the one movie, so it's unfair. Um, Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, uh, Wedding Singer, and Fifty First Dates. I've never saw Blended, mm-hmm. but they have done three movies together. Um, James Franco and Seth Rogen. Uh, important to note, the only time I really like James Franco is when he's with Seth Rogen. A lot of other times, I find him obnoxious. Um, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, obviously the Oceans films, but they also did uh, Burn After Reading, a Coen Brothers film together, and... I think they might be have one more together that I also like. And I already mentioned Chris Farley and David Spade when Corey mentioned, but uh, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley. Um, I did not see Sherlock or Holmes or whatever the crap. Holmes and Watson, that's what it was called. I did not see that. Blech. But I love Talladega Nights, and I also very much love Step Brothers. And their, their comedic timing together is just really great. So, um, Corey, you have any honorable mentions? Only two. Um, John Cusack and Joan Cusack. I considered that one. <laughs> and then Bill Murray and Jason Schwartzman. Oh, man. He makes all the Anderson movies together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the pairing with Rushmore is one of my favorite movies, period. Like, I love... <gasps> excuse me. I love that movie so much. Whoa. I know it that. is good. We watched it for a movie club, right? I think so, because I think we did... If not... I think you hadn't seen it yet. I think so. Yeah, I think that was uh, what we watched it for. Um, I've I've gone through Anderson's entire catalog. Um, Rushmore, I've seen more than any of the other ones. Like I've seen that several times. Uh, I really, really love Rushmore. Um, but Mike, what are your honorable mentions? All right. So most of the reason that these honorable mentions are on here is because they didn't have multiple appearances, with the exception of uh, Jane Silent Bob, which I mentioned was on my list, and. This one was tough, not including on my main list, but I, I think you would almost expect them to be on there. Uh, Doc Brown and Marty McFly. Uh, just, the, I grew up with them, and a lot of people did too, So, but they're still an amazing duo. So, that said, the other ones that I thought were great duos, but then looking at the stipulation that they had to be in multiples, that didn't work, so they got demoted. I still think they're great duos. For example, Matilda and Leon, they keep, the professional keeps coming up in our discussions. Uh, Jules Winfield and Vincent Vega in Pulp Fiction. And then my original number one, which was so difficult to not include, uh, Andy Dufresne and Ellis Red Redding from The Shawshank Redemption. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, well, folks, that is our list for iconic pairings. Uh, you can hit us up on social media and tell us who we left off or who we should have included or maybe who we need to watch because there's a chance that we haven't seen a pairing that you really like. So hit us up. I am at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And Mikey? I'm at Server Monkey. And if you like what we're doing, please rate and review the podcast. It helps us to get new listeners and uh, gives us motivation to keep the podcast running. Um, thank you for listening. 
uh, read our reviews at BerkReviews.com. And until next time, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts, covering the entire movieverse as something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. <laughs>